Hey, 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 it's B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist here, your host of the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast, where we empower you through stories, trials, tribulations, overcoming and how they got there, how to be a success and more. Today's episode is no different. It's a true story of a leap of faith. So I want to welcome Candy Russell to the show. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Really love the podcast. Hey, it's amazing. So you have an incredible story. And two, it is a true leap of faith as well. I think our our listeners are going to be wanting to know more about what you do because, I mean, you have, you worked with celebrities, you worked celebrity stylists, you worked with wigs, you worked with Disney, your your list goes on and on and on. So we're going to jump to you right now and just say, so let's let's, um, just jump right in and, and know a little bit about you. Okay. Well, my name's Candy Russell. I'm based out of Los Angeles. Um, I received my license about in 2016, November, 2016. I feel like I got started in cosmetology career kind of late. And I feel like I started over like at the age of 25, which was a little challenging because I was already really established. And to start all over, it was, it was very hard, you know, especially with my class. I, um, I was, in class night school with like a whole bunch of like people who are fresh out of high school or early 20s. So it was challenging, but um, I specialize in styling hair. I work with wigs, all textures, um, do set work as well. And yeah. So with going to school, did you find that um, your interest was mainly in wigs before you started or you went to school and you thought I'll do everything or did the wig sort of develop later? No, when I went into school, it was mainly for wigs because um, I'm a DIY person mm-hmm. and I'm really into YouTube. So I will watch a lot of YouTube videos on how to make wigs. And I always had like the raw talent, but I wanted to um, establish, you know, make it more structured. So I just know that you need a license, not necessarily work on wigs, but why not? Mm-hmm. Well, especially, I guess, in the U.S. too, because each state has a different thing for licensing. Because I think even some places in the U.S., even to be a braider, you have to have a license. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so you can't you can't just go and do braids on people. Where here, I'm in Toronto, Canada, so our licensing system's a little bit different. Where you're state by state, um, we're more by province, or my license would cover a larger, greater area. So it's a little bit a little bit different. But like, and two, because before you went to school, you were doing something completely different. So tell us about that. Um, I worked for the post office. Um, I was a (laughs) window clerk and a passport agent. So it was very different. (laughs) Because I I obviously too, because there you are. and And the biggest thing too, because you said, like obviously too, from working there to jumping into school and then and going from there, there, there was a big like pay cut and that sort of thing. So that must have strapped you a little bit financially. Plus now you're going to school and you have all these kids that are younger or you have all these kids that probably are going or just people that are different. Um, like you said, they're fresh out of high school. So they're kind of in a different state than you are. Being 25, you're a little bit more mature. You kind of know what you want to do. <laughs> and then here you are in school. And But at least you you took the initiative to to go and, and make something and kind of just do it. 
So what was the turning point for your life to say, I'm going to leave USPS and then make a change in my life? Well, I always liked doing hair, but um, I went with my friend who was my roommate at the time mm -hmm. and she was starting to get into culinary school and I took the tour with her. So I was kind of inspired by the fact that she was really just going to go ahead and pursue what she wants to do. So it made me go ahead and say, okay, and start school. Yeah. And, and that's wonderful because I think sometimes that's what it is. We don't know where the turning point is, or we kind of get that calling or we have something pulling on our heart that says, Hey, you need to do something different. Right. This is what I'm not meant to do the rest of my life. This, you know, I, I can imagine yourself, you probably visioned, you know, if I'm working, 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 I'm going to retire here and I'm going to still be at the same, the, the yeah. same doing passports, the same doing, doing everything, but obviously too, doing wig work and doing that sort of thing. It opens up such a whole new world of things for you. So you jumped from there and then went from, I say, leaving school and then, then you got right into Disney. Well, um, after I left school, um, after I left school, I actually started doing a little, um, freelance. Okay. Um, I worked for LA fashion week, mm -hmm. which was a nice experience. And then I was hired as an assistant for, um, this popular salon, but it didn't really work out. The owner was very just, I was just really disappointed in the experience. Yeah. And then after that, I went to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Cause I, and that's a thing too. And I guess that's a tough thing when, when everybody's kind of new, you're new in the industry. It's like, where do I go? And obviously you want to find the best mentors, the best trainers. And a lot of times too, you can find maybe personalities that your vision and their vision may be a little bit different, but I think in some ways, Sometimes with that little bit of that trial, you overcame and it got you somewhere better, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. or at least opened up doors to, to other, to other things. Cause me personally, I didn't even know Disney had hairstylists, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I guess they would because they have wigs, correct? For yeah. all the, the characters and the, like that sort of thing. So is that what you would normally do and how would you get, so if somebody listening wanted to get into Disney, how would you suggest they go about that? Uh, well, you would apply on their website, you would get a call back, and then they will bring you in for a verbal interview. And then mm -hmm. at the end of the verbal interview, they will have you do a audition. They'll give you, um, at Disney, you style according to documentation. Mm -hmm. So they will give you a picture and you will create, recreate an updo. They supply all the supplies you need and you just have to recreate the updo. Um, if you do want to work at Disney, I would suggest that you start doing a little research on how to properly block a wig, even though they will show you that, but going into the interview, mm -hmm. well, they already have the um, wig block for you, but still just start doing a little research on how to style synthetic wigs, mm -hmm. human hair wigs, but mostly synthetic wigs and just do research on that. Yeah. And I guess too, with, with the characters that they have, a lot of it would be more on the synthetic side because they're out and those days are hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? And two, because you would have to have consistency because I think too, because if you're doing all of the wigs for the princesses at Disney, they have to be consistent. They mm -hmm. have to look the same. So that wig, when it comes back, has to go out exactly the same. You can't say, well, I think I want to do a little yeah. flip here or change the style or I think Jasmine should look like this and have instead mm -hmm. of a center part off to the side, I think they would freak a little bit. Yeah, they're very, <laughs> very particular about styling to documentation and honestly ever since i've worked at disney i don't look at 
pictures the same. Like mm-hmm. when you say like this one piece of hair needs to be coming forward. This piece behind it is yeah. very particular. And I think that's good for, mm-hmm. you know, to develop your skill. But yeah, it's very particular. Well, and exactly. And to be able to recreate the same thing over and over and over. Cause I know a lot of hairstylists, even for bridal trials and we had a, a bridal, um, uh, story last time but it's the same like you do your trial and then they come back and it's almost the same but not quite but in your profession you got to make sure it's dead on documentation 100 percent, and probably too with their princesses and the people their characters they have to be consistent as well because those kids they know exactly where every hair is what they sound like what that character is like what they and if it looks that little bit odd they're going to be you know and i think it's with everything. So it's probably every Disney you ever go to that any park you go to, they have to be exactly the same. So they have to make sure the artist can style that exactly the same every single time. And I think in some ways that's kind of amazing training, even though it may be monotonous, but then, you know, okay, I need this and and you have it consistent, whether it's a 16th of an inch or like, they're probably pretty, pretty strict. I yes. imagine like if it doesn't <laughs> even look the slightest off, then you have to like redo yeah, it. Redo it. Yeah. And what's the challenge working with a synthetic wig over, over regular, uh, a wig with a mix or like just regular human hair? Um, well, of course with the synthetic wigs, you can't really use heat. You can use like hot rollers mm-hmm. or do a lot of wet sets, but I feel like with the type of styling that's required for the characters at Disneyland synthetic, I feel like works better mm-hmm. in a sense because I feel like it holds better. Yes. And then, Another challenge with working with synthetic wigs, you know, as you continue to restyle it, it's becoming more and more matted. Oh, yes, yes. There's ways to get rid of it. You can steam it out and, of course, wash it and all that stuff. But, you know, it doesn't last as long as a human hair wig. No. And as I say, I think it's because of the heat that they can do it. But if you're washing a synthetic, because I know if people go to your YouTube, which we'll leave a link, you made a video on how to wash a wig. Yes, I did. Thank you. And that really makes a big difference because a lot of people don't. And I think, too, you don't realize how gentle you kind of have to be because mm-hmm. I love your step-by-step in your video because it shows exactly start to finish what you really need to do. Because I think a lot of people, they grab it, they dunk it under some water, yeah. they like go yeah. crazy with yeah. it. And then they're wondering why it's like all matting and it's nasty, mm-hmm. especially if you have synthetic, you know what I mean? And that like – like, especially if you're working with, like, the, the bad synthetics, which are, like, the Halloween hair wigs, right. <laughs> where you can't put any heat on them. They'll just <laughs> they'll, they'll just melt and stuff like that. So how often would you wash? Because I imagine, too, with them in the heat, the actors probably, like, sweat. And yeah. they um, – so how would you stabilize one of those wigs for an actor? Well, there's a wash log. Okay. And um, it's – they mark it every time. Like, for example, for, like, the – Halloween parade. Mm-hmm. Every time that wig goes out, it's documented. With with going from Disney, because you've done some other training with some different people. So let's kind of go into that a little bit. So um, we may go back to Disney later, but so we're jumping forward. So what are some of the other trainings you've done? What are some of the people you've met? Um, I know Kim Kimball is one of them that mm-hmm. you took at the academy, you did some hair extensions with yes. Kim Kimball? She had a class and um, she, it was like a five-hour class hands-on. She went mm-hmm. over some um, 
period history, I believe. Period, okay. uh, history of period hairstyling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She showed us um, her method for installing extensions. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that was about it for that class. Mm -hmm. I also took a class with Camille Friend. Okay. With, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. She had a basically how to get into the industry class as mm -hmm. far as like um, more period hairstyling. Okay. I would prep the hair for like a, a bald wrap. Mm -hmm. so, for a bald cap. Yes. And she showed us that method and then she um, showed us how to apply, how she applies her lace wigs and yeah. Cause I think too now with the industry, depending on what you want to get into, especially if you're going to do um, theater, film, stage, um, you're going to encounter a lot more um, requirements for doing vintage type hair, doing mm -hmm. period styling hair, doing, so with the extensions, do you find that, yourself do you do all methods or you do more like tape in methods clip in methods fusion um period hair styling yeah um more so the clip in extensions mm -hmm. and really wigs really oh okay yeah so can you make so do you yourself make wigs from scratch or do you more style them or I, I started off making wigs by from scratch. Oh, okay. But I'm realizing that I should spend more time focusing on just mainly styling a wig versus mm -hmm. making them because you can always buy a wig. Like a department head can always buy a wig. So it's like mm -hmm. I feel like put more emphasis on building up your skill for styling. All well, of course. And it, and it can take time because I've done mm -hmm. a wig making. I've done a, a wig making course. I'm certified. But to go in and, and it, like, you know what it takes. You have to right. go every little thing, pull it, right. do strand by strand or a couple strands. You can't do five or ten strands in one thing. It's going to look like those bad doll hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the hairlines aren't going to be aren't going to be so nice. So with, with securing wigs and if they're using a lace front, what are some... Um, adhesives that you like to use or what's the best way to secure a wig if you're going to do a lace front to make it look natural um there's this method called the stocking cap method mm -hmm. and basically you will um what i like to do is i like to braid the hair back okay. and then i get a new stocking cap mm -hmm. and i will put it about pull it all the way down to like their forehead and okay. then i will take an adhesive like um I know you can use like spirit gum and stuff, but a lot of like clients, like my clients, they're not, mm -hmm. they don't need anything that high. No. Um, so use like got to be glue and okay. take it and spread it along uh, your hairline mm -hmm. and then take the got to be spray, spray that as well. Use a blow dryer, dry it, cut the lace that you, I mean the wig cap that you don't need mm -hmm. and then you do the same thing with your wig. You just add a little bit more um, adhesive, mm -hmm. dry it, and then just pull the wig down and kind of take a stocking cap and put it on your two fingers and then kind of melt it by like oh, gold. Okay. And it kind of helps melt the lace into the skin. So it looks yeah. Because yeah. I guess that's the thing too, because you don't want it to look like you can see the line or a difference in color from the skin color to where the the laces, and I guess also a lot of celebrities, a lot of film, um, high-end uh, theater productions, they more so use lace, you know, wigs in their in their yeah. productions and that sort of thing. Do you ever find that using spirit gum that you get people that are sensitive or most people that you do it on seems to be okay? I feel like most people I do it on, it seems to be okay. 
it's just like I just wouldn't necessarily do it for like a everyday client. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I just wouldn't because No. And and, and the got to be line that that's a that's a Oh, I had it in my head. Uh got to be uh Oh, I'm trying to who uh Schwarzkopf. Yes. Schwarzkopf makes that line, yeah. So and you find it it works really well. Um the glue doesn't get too hard, go too stiff. It doesn't go nasty and it's pretty easy to remove as well. Yeah, you just have to take some water or take like a damp. Mm-hmm. Like say you just get like a some piece of cloth and okay. make the cloth damp and then kind of just rub it, rub in circular motions and it'll help to lift it a little. Especially like you're usually removing it more mm-hmm. so towards the time. It's time to be removed anyway. So you may already have a little bit of lifting. Oh, okay. And especially too, if they're perspiring and things like that. Yeah. So say if you have an actor that, or a person, even a, even a client, and they they sweat quite a bit, is there any way or, or there's something that you do or, or you don't do anything different about that? Honestly, um, another way you can do it is you can kind of sew down towards, like kind of by your ears, like mm-hmm. the ear tops a little. Okay. So you can put glue just mainly on the front area and uh-huh. that can Instead okay. of having the whole entire hairline. Yeah, and for some people, it makes it easier too because the last thing you want is now you have it secured down um, and they're sweating or, it's say, it's really warm and now right. all that lace is starting to, to, lift, to lift up. And I think the biggest thing for stylists now too is they um, – like people come in, they see these colors. They're like, I want this where it's like white and it's got different colors and it's green and it's this or it's smoky. But a lot of these people don't realize that they're, these are wigs and they're not that like, that's not the hair you can really do because most people know if you're going to have white on the ends and you have dark green or a color up top, that color is going to bleed through unless you're really good at, you know, rinsing really well. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I think, and that's the thing because a lot of celebrities now are wearing more wigs than ever before. And, and cause, and then, but I think one of the challenges for us as stylists, that people are like, I want that hair. I want you to be able to do that hair for me. Right. I have to be in and out in half an hour and I got 50 bucks. <laughs> cause obviously, you know, um, you know, with that, but, but for, for, um, would you have a ballpark estimation? Like say if somebody wanted a full like natural hair wig, what would they be expecting to pay retail if you had a client coming in? So if you were to fit somebody, do a wig for them, what kind of would be a ballpark of a starting figure that you would tell someone? Well, realistically, like if you want a custom made wig and then installed and all that, like, because it, as you know, it takes a lot of time. So, 500 is yeah. like it's like it's fair yeah and and that's your minimum and you go up from there because you're taking the time you have to fit them and if you're custom, like if you're making the wig personally you know yourself that's going to take a lot more especially if it's a natural wig synthetic wig um you know what I think too, it's the care, the care of the wigs as well. So do you have something you recommend when you're sort of washing the wig or taking care of the wig? Do you have something you send clients home with, or do you have something that you use? If a client said, came to you and said, you know, can you wash this wig, dry it, blow it out? What would you kind of use for that wig? Is there something special you use or do you recommend a certain type of shampoo, like a, a general, like a mild type shampoo, or do you have a line that you like personally? 
Well, at this, I also, um, I also work at a wig company right now. And when we do a lot of washing sets, we'll use the Bumble and Bumble. Okay. And we're like the, um, you know, when people come in to have it clean, mm-hmm. I recommend using a Sunday shampoo because it helps get a, uh, rid of all that residue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so Sunday, so how do you spot, like, like the day Sunday? Yeah, like or Sunday. The, okay. And then also just making sure when you wash the wig that you mm-hmm. put the shampoo on the roots. Oh, okay. Careful. Mm-hmm. And then rinse it out. You hold it. Don't just have a bucket. Dump mm-hmm. it on the bucket. Hold it by the cap. Mm-hmm. Don't just spread the hair all around. Same thing like on your head. You're not going to just, well, you're not supposed to just get your hands and just go crazy and just mm-hmm. knot it up. And then also with the sh- uh, conditioner, make sure to do mid shaft to ends. You want to be careful okay. with um, not getting it on the roots because okay. it can loosen the knots. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. They'll force him to slip. Yeah, yeah. And then you may be losing more when you start to brush out and then your, your wig or your piece, excuse me, is going to thin, thin out quite a bit. Right. As well. No, it's, it's good information. It's good for people to know. And just say you, you did a complete video. Um, and what's the name of your YouTube channel? Uh, Cosmo with Candy. Okay, so people go there. We'll also leave a link um, underneath in the description as well. So if you guys want to check out that video, I've already seen it, and it's amazing. So Mm -hmm. then you can go. It's a step-by-step. It's very easy. And probably if anybody has any questions, you can also – they can also email you and that sort of thing, and you can help them along as well. So one thing I want to jump to is you made a – uh, there's a blog post. If you go to Candy, so it's CosmoWithCandy.com. If you want to check out her website, she did a blog. It's called Five Tips on How to Leave Your Corporate Job to Get Started in the Beauty Industry. So we're going to just briefly go over some of the points. But if you want to um, read the whole article, we'll leave a link for you and you can kind of go. But I, this is something you mentioned. So number one is something you mentioned, mentioned something early in the program. So number one is to do your research. So I guess a lot of people don't. (laughs) Um, I feel like especially when people want to go get into set work, Mm -hmm. they just expect for it to just happen. And just any job in general, like understand what you're really signing up for. Do the research. Make sure you understand what the pay is going to look like. What's mm-hmm. going to be required of you? How much time and energy you're really going to have to put into it? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to start something and then start something just because, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. And then once everything starts to come to surface as what you really need to do to make it happen, then mm-hmm. you waste your time because you decide that you're not really that passionate enough to even continue to put that effort into it. So don't waste your time. Make sure you do your research on what you really yeah. want. And, and, that's a, and that's a great point because so many people jump into a company and they're like, I want to work for them. I want to work for them. Yet they really know nothing about the company. And like you said, they, they don't know what the pay scale is. They don't know what the hours are. And then they get their dream job, quote unquote, and then they hate it. <laughs> you know, but if they've done their work and they did their research, they would know if it was for them. You know, call around, maybe see some other people that have done it or look online, see, you know, see more. And if that's really what what you want. So we're going to jump to number two, which I kind of like is make it your side hustle first. (laughs) Before, like 
before I left the post office completely, I was slowly transitioning my mm-hmm. maybe, okay, I'm going to scale down to part-time. Mm-hmm. And then the other two days I'm going to start doing hair on the side. So mm-hmm. I didn't just like, okay, I got my license. I'm going to quit. Yeah. You just have to slowly like, all right, even if you're not taking away days from your other jobs on your spare days, just take one day out the week and sit dedicated to trying to um, get clients or mm-hmm. every day after work, at least dedicate two hours towards working on a plan for how you're going to make it work and mm-hmm. getting your business cards ready. Start two hours out. Um, say you spend an hour after work every day, passing out your business cards, mm-hmm. starting to build up your clientele. Just don't just jump completely off the ledge. No, no, but, but you're exactly right. By having a business card, having a website, it shows you're serious about having a business. Cause if you think, and, and it's one thing that people think that, Oh, I have my license. Now people are just going to come in droves to me. I'm going to be so busy with so much money. I don't have to do anything. I'll just open the doors and they'll be booking like crazy. But you know, if, if you don't get out there, which brings us to our next point, let's say if you don't have your business cards, you don't have a website, you don't have any social media where people can go. But this brings us to our next point is number three is to build your network, which I think is so, so important. So I'll get you to tell us a little bit more about building your network. Okay. Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, um, as soon as I was done with school, I had start. I've seen that they needed volunteer hairstylists for LA Fashion Week. So I started doing a lot of trade work. And through trade work, I've met a lot of people. And um, I I went through a whole year of doing a lot of just free trade work. But it's, came, it's come back to me because the people that I've met have actually started giving me jobs and mm-hmm. introducing me to other people. Like I had a friend who I have met on a trade photo shoot. And a year later, she passed my information to a producer for a Petco commercial. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't see the value in, and don't want to work for free. And I don't, I'm not saying that you necessarily should, but mm-hmm. definitely sometimes you do have to, you never know who you're going to meet at the end of the day. Exactly. And if you're willing to put in the work and say it goes up to the same with your second point about making it your side hustle, because at least if you're willing to do what the other people aren't willing to do, and that means doing maybe some stuff for free. When I first started, I did a lot of runway shows, fashion shows, bridal shows. But like you said, it gets you in there. You get to work for people. Even if you're doing trade for picks, you're still getting to work with other artists and they may be doing another project and they say, hey, I know this great hairstylist, boom. And then you get a paying job. Right. But a lot of people aren't they they're like, I want to be a stylist and I want to be big and I want to be a celebrity and I want to do stage stuff. But then somebody says, hey, will you come and help us with our show? And they're like, "Uh, well, you're going to pay. No. okay, forget it. But then, you know, by going to these places, especially how many stylists listening today can say I did L.A. Fashion Week. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's a big thing. That's a big thing. And that must be crazy. Like, what was the environment there? We're gonna Very do- fast-paced. <laughs> but honestly, it's fast-paced, but you're able to work with so many different people, and you can honestly learn so many different things just from seeing how other people work. It's like, 
if you work in a salon and you're working with the same people every day, you kind of end up seeing their tricks. But if you go to a completely different event with people from all different salons, you can pick up so many different techniques by just working with them. And nine times out of 10, everybody's very friendly, Mm -hmm. but um, it's very fast paced and it's a good experience. Mm -hmm. It helps you with your feet. Of course, and it helps you to be good really fast because mm-hmm. you have to be. And a lot of times, too, if you're doing fix, like if they're going out on the runway, they're switching, they're coming back up. You don't have a lot of time, and you have to. I think it really teaches you also people skills because yeah. if somebody's freaking out and you're the one there working on them and they're, you know what I mean? Because obviously we work with different types of people. Some are wonderful. Some are temperamental. Some mm-hmm. are, it doesn't matter what you do. They hate everything. But yeah. it's, you know, but but working in shows like that and, and that experience and say getting the pictures, getting the memories, which kind of brings us to our next thing is, and you have a wonderful one, especially you have amazing pictures on your website. I, I've kind of used some for social media. I tagged you in them. <laughs> so, but, but if you see Candy's work, um, so that, so number four is build your portfolio. Yes. And like I said, what I was, um, by doing a lot of that trade work, that's where a majority of my portfolio came from because mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of work for, for um, photo shoots just for trade. And as you see, they're good quality work. It's not like mm-hmm. you're just doing like, you know, yeah, no, pictures are amazing. And I think, yeah. and it really, like you said, good quality work. You can't just take your regular camera, have a couple snapshots, because you know for social media now, it's not good enough anymore. Right. They have to be, if you're a professional, they have to look professional, yes. right? Or people aren't going to take you seriously if you're taking your little, um, you know, little camera. Even though now, even some of the phones and some of the, you know, uh, other devices have amazing, um, you know, capture technology in them. So it's much better. But I think how, how important would you say a portfolio is to an artist? Uh, it's very important because if you meet somebody and you say, Hey, I'm a hairstylist and then they're going to want to see your work. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you're putting your best foot forward and you have quality photos so they can take you seriously. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah. And it shows a different thing. So you, you, so in your portfolio, um, I imagine you would have different types of looks or yes. do you have suggestions mm-hmm. of what people should definitely have in there or does it really matter? Or is if you're, or if you specialize, if you're a period artist, then you should have more of that. Or if you're a colorist, more of that, or I guess, um, or do you think you should have a little bit of everything? Um, I feel like if you really know that, okay, I just solely want to focus on color, then your portfolio Mm -hmm. should mainly contain color. But if you want to be like a set, like, uh, you know. Yeah, specialize more in period or do strictly film or, you you know what I mean? Yeah. Diversity, like you should show that you can work with different hair textures, Mm -hmm. different styles. You can do... um, because I imagine, I imagine styling hair for film or doing wigs for film is going to be totally different than, you know, doing hair for a bride or doing hair for just a regular client or doing hair for maybe theater. They're all going to have different demands, especially too, if you're working with lace, yes. you know what I mean? It's going to be different. Lace in film is totally different than lace for stage. Yes. <laughs> 
because of lighting, because of, you know, and you don't have a camera zoomed in your face when you're on stage, but then also too, vice versa, you know, if you're, if you're on stage, you have lighting, which they don't have for film. So it's kind of, there, there's a balance in the other. So as I say, so we're going through, so number one, uh, so number, so number one is you've done your research, then you make it your side hustle. Then you build your network, you built your portfolio, which brings us to number five. So now, which is your big story, which is to take the leap. <laughs> yes. So when you were jumping, <laughs> tell us about your, your leap. So tell us about a little bit about take the leap and then a little bit of your, your leap. And then, because you've done quite a few things and leaping from one to the next, um, so we'll, we'll concentrate more on the article. So then the take, take the leap. So they've done all the four. This is number five. So what does t take the leap mean? Well, taking the leap means, well, I first started with even going to cosmetology school because at the time I was a full-time employee at the post office and my job was actually 45 minutes from school. And um, so I, attended night program, which was 25 hours a week. So I had to really make that sacrifice with my extra time and understand that like mm -hmm. this it was hard sometimes because you're tired mm -hmm. and you may have a rough day at work. You may have a rough day at school too. And then you have to get up and do it all over again. Yeah. But you have to really go ahead and make that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. and Cause I, I bet a lot of times too, being exhausted, a lot of times you say, if I, am I really doing this for the right reasons? Do I want to pack it in? I'm tired. Let me just, why do I need this? I'm working all day. Why should I go to school all night? You know what right. I mean? It may not even work out anyway. So did your mind ever kind of have those thoughts as well? Yes, because um, sometimes I would be late to school and every time you're late, you'll get marked down if you get so many marks you actually get kicked out and you have to start all over wow. so i remember one day i was in traffic and i was just so frustrated because i was just like i didn't know if i could do it anymore and and i actually <laughs> called my classmate and told her i was going to go to marinello's because it was closer but yeah. marinello's closed down anyway so oh like, no <laughs> and yeah, yeah there were times where i definitely was just mm -hmm. felt like i just couldn't but I knew that I had to, I had to push through because at the end of the day, I knew that what I wanted to accomplish, I can get to it. It's just, I have to really just mm -hmm. push through and just. Yeah. Just so, th so that was your strength when you dig deep inside, because obviously to having all those emotions that are telling you, you can't do it, give up, you're tired. Why do I need this? So there's something deep inside you that now, you know, takes your, your trials into a trial and you're like, now you're, you're overcoming. Yes. Now you're becoming empowered. Now you're, you're actually doing it. You're going to say, forget it thoughts. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to listen to you. I don't care how tired I am. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. But where do you pull that from? Like what, what, what was the drive that made you, there's always the why, because for me, there's always the why that makes you cry. And there's some reason when you dig down deep, it's like, why am I going to do this above all other things, above people telling me, even some people get that too. Because I don't know what you had when, when you said to some people, friends, family, I'm going to be a hairstylist. Did you have people say, wow, that's wonderful. Did you have people say, why are you going to do that? Why don't you get a real career? Or you shouldn't leave where you're at because, you know, they're paying you money. 
you may not make any money doing hair. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you must be crazy. Yeah, definitely. I remember one time I was leaving work and a postal inspector was there and I was like, yeah, I have to go take my finals. And then he's like, oh, what are you in school for? I'm like hair. And he, he said to me, you really think that the um, cutting hair is going to be more lucrative than the post office? <laughs> I'll say, yeah, if I want it to be. Exactly. So, yeah. So I just... I'm like a creative person. So being in the office all day mm-hmm. and I just feel like I'm really working to make somebody else's dream come true when yeah. I have my own. So it's like, yeah, I just couldn't picture myself just 20 years down the line mm-hmm. working at the post office. I just, mm-hmm. not that no. it's wrong, but it's not for me. No, no. And that's a gold nugget right there, which a lot of people don't get. We're so busy building somebody else's dream. We put our own aside and we're not building up our own because you could be another 20 years where you were, but then are you going to be any farther ahead? And to me, it's kind of funny. And that's why I laugh because everybody has hair for the most part. And we can make hair if they don't have hair. Right. But but even with, with the place you're at, now a lot of people are using email. A lot of people are using alternative things. So in some way, your career probably has more longevity than even the other because obviously not everybody is, is sending snail mail anymore. Not yeah. everybody is, you know, when now you can instant message, now you can text, now you can email. A lot of times we don't write formal letters anymore. We don't send, unless you want to send a card, but even you can send e-cards and, and stuff like that. But, yeah. but and, that's, and that's the big thing because I think that's the essence. Why are we building a dream for someone else because one, we think maybe we're not good enough Mm -hmm. Two, we don't have the money. Um, three, I don't know if you can pitch in some things that like some stuff that people normally get thrown at them all the time. Um, I think security is like, I mean, I feel like the easiest thing you can do is go to a corporate job that you know is like, you know, with hair sauce, we have to create our own work. Mm -hmm. We have to, you know, finer work with the yeah. post office. If there is a slow day, it doesn't matter if it's one or 200 people walking through the door, I'm still going to get that same paid amount mm-hmm. as a hairstylist. If I don't have one person walk through the door, then, you know, I'm not going to make anything, but I just feel like people get really caught up mm-hmm. in and I understand it because of course making that jump is, mm-hmm. You're definitely going to go through a huge change. That's when I went. I went through a twenty-two thousand dollars pay cut, mm-hmm. and it was not fun. It nope. wasn't easy, but in my mind, I know I make this sacrifice now. I'm going to get back even more than what I can imagine because I do have a goal. I have, mm-hmm. and I also I feel like this is my purpose. I feel mm-hmm. like this is what God really wants me to do. So. Exactly. I know that in the, at the end of the day, I may have a couple rough years. I may have a mm-hmm. rough year or whatever. But at the end, of, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get there. Yeah. And I'm going to have even more than what I ever gave up. So Well, exactly. exactly. And if you're brought through it, you can be brought through it. Right. Yeah. So and that, and that's the thing. But just say it's and you hit it too because it's the passion, it's the dream, it's the because there's that light and it is say if you have a calling, because people are like I'm called to do this, I'm called to do that. But I think sometimes that's where your, I think where you can make the most impact, where you can make the most 
because I think too, there's a lot of ordinary people that do extraordinary things. So you don't have to be some person that's out there all, you know, all over social media, all over whatever to make it different in someone's life. And for you probably putting on, you know, a wig for someone and the transformation that you see. And if you see that light and that spark and that, <laughs> cause you're hitting all the right stuff. And, and I think it's what you're saying is what a lot of people miss. Like they give up hope, they give up their dream, they give up their passion. But if you have a burning passion, go with that burning passion. It doesn't matter. As I say, with, with our guest Candy Russell, it means she was willing to sacrifice to do everything. Like had a secure job, was willing to do it, had people that said, you know, <laughs> you know, why not just take, and that's what we get. Why don't you just work 40 hours a week for the same money? Like you said, you may do one client, get nothing, but you also have being an entrepreneur, you have unlimited income. So whatever you want to do and as a wig maker and as a, a professional doing, working with Disney, working with other projects, working with movie, working with stage, your, your income is unlimited. Yes. And because once you become in demand and once you follow those five steps, which I recommend you go and, and do, because once you've created that portfolio, once you've created that network, once you really know what you want to do, it really makes a big difference. And I'm sure that, you know, Candle will be on hand. If you message her, she can guide you along or help you a little bit or share a little bit more of her, her stuff. But she really makes me passionate because she's really somebody that really embodies too what, you know, the, and as I say with our less gas and, and a few people we've had on the podcast, they're really what the show is about. You're having trials, having tribulations, have overcoming, having faith, taking that leap of faith, which is so scary. Yeah. <laughs> like I applaud you because you're an amazing empowered woman. Thank and that's you. tough too, because being even a woman in the field is, is tough because I think too, because making a difference, number one, going to school, I, I think that would kill me working all day and then doing 25 extra hours and yeah. I know what school's like. And then you got to do all your extra stuff on top of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but you're good because you decided to specialize. And I think in some ways that is more lucrative and it puts you more in demand when you decide to specialize in something as opposed to I can do everything. But why do everything mediocre when you can do something, one thing great, and you can make a, you can make an income, you know, from it as well. So one thing I want to talk about is, so something that you're in, so it's unions, yes. right? So there's professional, non-professional, but there's a 706 local union that you're kind of working on now. So why, what's the reason for joining a union? What's a union about? And do they really help the artist? Okay, so the 706 union is, um, that's where, like, all the the movie, okay, so the hairstylists that work on, like, the ABC shows, the um, all the bigger companies, mm -hmm. you have to be a part of the union to work on their shows. Ah, uh, okay. So, basically, um, if you're working on a Union show and a non-union show, non-union is less pay, mm -hmm. is a lot more. And I'm a part of the theme park classification because it was a requirement working mm -hmm. with Disneyland. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm currently working on elevating so I can, you know, work on more shows like Dancing with the Stars and mm -hmm. just do that type of stuff. But um, it's very, 
it's not a very easy thing to get into. Mm-hmm. Very tricky. And again, this will really challenge your how passionate and how much you want it because mm-hmm. it can really be discouraging sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you just have to really just keep pushing through. It's a long process, but if you put in the work and this is again where network comes into play. Mm-hmm. This is very important. That's one thing I'm really starting to realize. Like who you know yeah. really is important. More so than, yeah. And that's a, the big thing in the industry, especially when you're going up the ladder. You can be the most talented person, but if you don't have a network and you don't know someone, <laughs> you know, and because a lot of times I know people said, oh, I could do better than that person. I can do way better work than them. But the difference is they're doing it and you're not. Right. Like you may be a better stylist, but you're not getting out there. So do you think a union's enough or do most um, uh, artists have like a, do they have an agent that books for them or is it easier just to book your own gigs? They have an agent. I feel like a lot of people don't really know about the union as you would Mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. And then I do think that a lot of people have an agent who books for them and coordinates. And then also there are people who book for themselves, like through referrals, which is mainly what I do because um, I'm very limited on what I can do within the union. So Mm -hmm. I have to rely more so on reaching out to people, seeing if they can, um, if they have anything going or if somebody refers something to me. So I'm more like on that end. So is that more the platform you need now to elevate yourself to the next, the next level in order to be able to do more union uh, projects? Um, In order to do, to become full roster on union, Mm -hmm. you have to do non-union work. Okay. And so I have a network with, it's weird. Like, even though I can't really work in yeah. unions, mm-hmm. I have a network within the union, but mm-hmm. the non-union side is more challenging to me. Oh, okay. Yes. So, yeah. Cause I think it makes a big difference. So start to finish. So what would you say you need or a timeline approximately? What would it take from a person who's never worked with the union gets into the union to be fully unionized? Well, they have a process of three years. Oh, it's wow. 60, 60, 60. Okay. Three years of 60 days okay. of non-union work that fits in their requirement. Ooh. Or you can work on, like, say if you do um, daytime television, mm-hmm. 30 days on a daytime television show, mm-hmm. and then you have to do an additional 120 days of non-union work within two years. Okay. So with non, so what would non-union Um, So what would be in that category of non-union? There's like certain TV shows Mm -hmm. that aren't union, which is what I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah. So would that be more like a local television show or like... um, Yeah, more like a local television show. I know that some things on Netflix isn't... Union is basically depends on the budget of the show. Mm -hmm. So once it hits over a certain budget, that's when it becomes flips to not uh, flips to union. I see. So, so what would happen for a local theater or maybe an independent film project at a college? Would those be considered? Could you do those projects and they would count towards your hours? If they pay you a minimum of eight hours of minimum. Okay. If your pay equals out to a minimum or eight hours of minimum wage pay. Oh, okay. Yes then you can um, then it, you can be considered or it's still considered part of yours yeah. yes i believe so with okay. the 
but definitely with a local TV show, like mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of TV shows, like there's some shows on VH1. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's just yeah. a matter of really just trying to figure out exact, like pinpoint exactly. And I'm still in that process of trying to mm -hmm. pinpoint exactly. And then you have to, you know, mm. try to reach out to department heads and then. Yeah. Or uh, if you're lucky enough and some people are listening <laughs> they may want to just contact you. They're like, hey, we got somebody. They do hair. You do makeup as well? No, um, no? I don't do makeup. Usually I bring in my cousin. Okay, and then she'll help. So you have an artist that works with you. So yeah. you'll do the styling. She'll do the she'll do the makeup and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, yeah because it, it's good. I mean, I, I, I hope the listeners today, well, I know the listeners today are getting so much out of this. It's incredible because it's something we haven't had on the uh, Hairstylist Empowerment podcast before because a lot of people don't really know how to get into the industry. So is 706 the main union or are there other unions? There's other unions. Um, the 706 is the main union, or what was the union for California? I'm not sure where mm -hmm. uh, their territory, but I know definitely okay. for California. Okay, yeah. So yeah. definitely if you're in the, the California area, anybody listening, 706 is what you should kind of look into. Or I guess to say, like, number one, do your research, right? Yes. So wherever you're at, if this is something you want to do and you want to go in, I, I think Candy's gave you – tons and tons of nuggets of gold during this episode that you can use, you can bring with you, um, that you can take, you can take along. Uh, I'm amazed like this hour, like usually we try to keep all our, our, all our podcasts under an hour. Our time has just flown and I still have so many more questions for you. So we may have to have you back for a part two or sometimes what we do is we do a live, a Facebook live. So if anybody listening and you want to hear Candy, she can like answer your questions live we'll set something up and then if you want to say check out some some uh, wig making stuff go to her, her uh you know page on on youtube she's also on instagram so they're both the same name right cosmo with cosmo candy with yeah cosmo with candy check out her work her work is amazing i love her wig work i love her, the washing video because it explains it simply easily it's not complicated and if you follow that step by step you won't mess it up Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so as we wrap, what I want to do is because it is an empowerment podcast, I just like for you, Candy, just to impart some words of wisdom for our, our listening audience today. Okay. Well, definitely. If you have a dream and a vision, make sure you guys follow through with it. It's not going to be easy, but everything worth having doesn't necessarily come easy. So I feel like when things get hard, that's the challenge. You're being challenged to see how hard do you really want it? How much are you really willing to sacrifice and dedicate to get it? So those are challenge. Uh, um, that's a test at that point. So make mm -hmm. sure you show how much you want it. Of course, not by doing anything crazy, but um, if you have a vision, just make sure you stick mm -hmm. to it. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy, but it will be worth it at the end. No. And, and I think that's what it is. It's the pressure. As I say, like in order to get a diamond, you're coal first. And mm -hmm. if you don't have that pressure and that pressure creates the diamond, and I think that's where it really tests you. So one thing I use, how can you have a testimony without having the test, right? Yes. You only have the monies. 
<laughs> so you can't <laughs> complain about stuff if you've never been tested. But also, too, you're right. Testing shows you exactly where you're at, shows you what you're made of. And if you're willing to do it, like Candy has, you can drive through anything. You can drive through being tired. You can drive through negative comments. You can drive through self-doubt. You can drive through, you know, and then be successful. Like, you know what I mean? Like with Candy, who, who gets to work at Disney? Who gets to be in the union? Who gets to do fashion week? You know, who? Like your <laughs> list goes on and on and on. Like, it's amazing. You are such an amazing, inspirational, empowering, wonderful. I don't know. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. So, so this lady, look her up. Check her out. Definitely, you know, follow her on social media, on Instagram. Check out her YouTube channel. Like her page. Follow her. Check all her stuff. If you know someone who needs a wig person, <laughs> make sure to hook her up. Yes, you know? thank you. <laughs> so do that. And, you know, we're all, the, we're all in this industry together. We all help each other. There's no competition. There's more than enough, you know, for all of us, right? Yes. It's abundant, full, and overflowing. I want to say thank you, Candy, for, you know, coming on the show today. I thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you. Hey, 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 it's B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist here. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to be a guest, just shoot me a message right here on the platform you're listening to. I also wanted to let you know about uh, the Flip Your Wig Summit at Sea. So it's a cruise that we're having where you'll meet my uh, yours truly, me, B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist, and some of the guests that have been on the show. Another hairstylist is a great way to network. Here's some of the stuff you get. So number one, it's on Symphony of the Seas, the world's largest ship, October 12th to 19th, 2019. So basically all you need to do to register, so you just go online, you register, pay your registration, then you can book your cabin. So once you book your cabin, we just need 530, so that's 530 Canadian or 265 a person Canadian um, for your for your cabin. But what you get is you get a Central Park balcony cabin, a bottle of red wine per cabin, lunch for two at Jamie Oliver's Italian, a lesson at Casino Royale, your gratuities, your port taxes, government taxes, your meals, your room, um, everything's included. So your meals, your entertainment, 24-hour cafe promenade, you get the main dining room, Sorrento's Pizza, Windjammer uh, Buffet, you also get the... Uh, Doghouse, Baidali Cafe, uh, Park Cafe, Solarium Bistro, a local fresh, which was normally a paid restaurant. Now you get it completely free. You can do zip lining, ice skating, rock wall climbing, flow rider, you know, which is your surfing, salsa, hip hop, dance lessons. Uh, you get a private island in the Bahamas and you also get food already provided for you as well. You get a $50 uh, onboard U.S. dollar onboard credit. So it's all first come, first serve. So for the uh, balcony cabin, based on two people per cabin, it's fourteen ninety nine oh four Canadian. So if you're um, in U.S. funds, it's probably around eleven, uh, eleven and change. So fourteen ninety nine oh four Canadian, eleven and change uh, U.S. dollar. So depending on the rate, it may change slightly. So if you want and you're interested in that, you can book now. Just send me a message. Uh, you can go on to Summit at Sea on Facebook. Uh, join there and you can learn a lot more about it. It's a great for us to kind of get together, to network, to join together, to see some great places. Uh, we do. We leave from Miami. We go to Honduras, uh, Rotan, Honduras. Um, 
Pareto, Costamea, uh, Cozumel, Mexico, Perfect Day at Coco Cay, Bahamas, and then we're back in uh, Miami. So it's seven nights, eight days on the world's largest ship, Symphony of the Seas, and the main show is Hairspray. So you'll get to see the Broadway cast of Hairspray. How incredible is that? They have some other great shows. So thank you for listening to today's podcast, and I'll see you next time.